Hello, hello, hello. I am your Diana Ross, hostess with the mostest, Michael Munoz. And welcome to In Yo Mouth. In Yo Mouth. I'm the queen of food who's always in the mood. To lick it right, lick it good, show you how to Oh, God, that's good. I want to know what you eat from the streets to the sheets. So open wide, honey. I'm coming. In Yo Mouth. <laughs> Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Hey there and welcome back, folks. Once again, I am your hostess with the mostess, Munoz. And how y'all doing? The weather is gorgeous here in New York. We are exercising. We are 10 pounds lighter, honey. We are feeling good, looking good, and just barreling towards the summer. Yes, you know what? The uh, I'm always preaching body positivity here, and we know that I have been uh, on a little bit of just like a self-care, like weight loss journey uh, recently just to prep for this wedding that's coming up, and it's working, but I feel good. I feel good. Um, and yeah, I, I just don't know. I feel good. I'm, I do miss, I do have to say, I do miss kind of like eating out and um, eating out as much as I used to. But thank you. You know what? My bank account thanks, thanks the diet for it, for sure. And um, but like everything in moderation, I don't know. Um, other than that, the weather is stunting here in New York. We're getting out. We are running. We are dining out. We are eating and drinking most of the things these days. And I just want to get to the getting on today because I'm super excited for today's guest. You know, spring has sprung up and it has brought all the beautiful food people to me. So without further ado, please help me welcome the one, the only, Jade Ross. Say hi. Hi. <laughs> How are you, my love? I am good. You know, I... Thank you for having me on, and I'm so excited that I'm drinking this morning in your honor. So. Drinking this morning? Well, you know, it's five o'clock somewhere, yes. and you, and and before we got on the pod, you just told me you took like a 12-hour a journey to Georgia. Yes. So, <laughs> so the drink so, is you know, needed. Yes, definitely needed. You are relaxing. What are you drinking? 
I am drinking pink Moscato. So it's California Roots pink Moscato. This is my first time trying it. It's really, really smooth. Nothing bitter. Uh, is it ultra sweet? Not ultra sweet. It has like a light sweetness to it. So I would use it as like a dessert wine. Okay. So it's, All right. Pink Moscato to match the pink hair. Yes, yes. yes. Hello. You know what? It's the only time I miss having hair, right? <laughs> and in your mouth listeners, for those of you who don't know what I look like, and you should by now, five years, over five years later, um, right? I'm bald. And But the only time I miss having hair is when I meet fabulous people with fabulous hair and hair colors, and it's the only time I miss having hair because I can't, I can't dye my hair a dusty rose, you know. <laughs> I mean, you could do the, you could do the beard, you could do the. Beard. Yeah, it just never gets long enough mm. for me to do that, you know. And yeah. so, by the time it gets long enough, I want to get rid of it. So, I would go through all the effort of doing it, and then it would be gone. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? This was an ac- This pink was an accident. I was going for something else and I didn't have the right hair dye. And I looked underneath my sink and I thought, well, you know what? Pink is what we have. So rose gold it is. So, it's cute. It is cute you. to match the Moscato. And I am jealous that I am not day drinking with you. <laughs> next time, next time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Next time and in real time. Well, Jade, listen, we are already off the rails, but I got to do what I got to do. And in the grand tradition of In Yo Mouth, I need to wish you Happy National Grilled Cheese Sandwich Day. Yes, I love a good grilled cheese. I do, too. It's not part of my recent diet for this straight wedding I have to go to to be in these clothes that you know because I'm part of the wedding but um I mean I could have one I wonder I'm on the Weight Watchers here (laughs) I wonder how much a grilled cheese sandwich is on how many points that is you know grilled cheese 23 points that's that's my entire day's worth of eating in a grilled cheese sandwich Mm. but I love them with or without accoutrement? Are we going like traditional grilled cheese? Are we no. are we doing bacon and tomato? Are we doing... What are we doing here? So I'm going to tell you my favorite grilled cheese. So my favorite grilled cheese has pickles in it. <gasps> Delicious. So Irish cheddar. Mm. Um, I love mozzarella. Provolone. Yes. Ah. On a nice... Yeah. French bread, but if you don't have a French bread, you can just do like some nice like bread from the grocery store, whatever it's fine. And you, you can find nice bread at the grocery stores Absolutely. these days, like a nice thick cut sourdough, a country oh. sourdough. Listen, right now, the other debate is: Are we buttering the bread or are we mayonnaising the mayonnaise? Bread? Mayonnaise, really? So let me tell you: Before I met my like partner in food. Uh, Jess Tell, he, I was butter. I was team butter. I was like, what is this? And we were in the kitchen at work one day and he's like, you know, you could use mayonnaise. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I've, I've never used mayonnaise and it changed my life. I am a mayonnaise girl now. Yes, I love it. Well, now are we a Hellman's or a Duke's? Hellman's? Hellman's? Oh my goodness. Really? Because I mean, for the Georgia of it all, I would I would imagine almost the Dukes. 
No, I I am a Hellman's girl through and through. Now I will really? debate you over some hot sauce, but mayonnaise, it's Hellman's. Grew up on it. Like I find anyone that uses Miracle Whip, blasphemy. Blasphemy. I never I never liked a Miracle Whip. It's super sweet. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. yeah. Like I, not, now I want like a thick country sourdough grilled with some mayonnaise and someone's like seasoned cast iron with oh. some Irish cheddar and maybe some bacon. And then, you know what? And they are not a sponsor, but <laughs> Hidden Valley just came out with a dill pickle ranch. And that's what I want to dip this. Wait that's what I want to dip this sandwich in. You're telling, okay, I have to find this. I have to find this now. Yeah, it's all over their Instagram. Oh, goodness. That, hmm. Okay, I know where I'm, I know what I'm getting. <laughs> and it was going to my, my, my grocery cart. <laughs> Listen, you're, you're in Georgia. Go to the Walmart. Hello. Listen, that's where all these things are. Anyway, um, you know, yeah, you yeah. can go to the Walmart and get the Van Leeuwen Ranch ice cream, the dill pickle uh, ranch, the dill pickle Frank's uh, oh Red God. Hot. Stop. You're talking to my life. And you said ice cream. <sighs> oh, anyways, listen, <laughs> we are team grilled cheese, no matter which way you have it. So, so that's where the party is. And this is what we are celebrating today, honey. Okay. I love okay. It. And moving right along into this day in gay history, Jade, did you know that in 1975, the Arizona State House of Representatives votes 37 to 3 to pass an emergency measure specifically banning same-sex marriages? This is 1975. Two weeks later, the Colorado Attorney General also rules that gay and lesbian marriages are illegal and orders uh, Sela... Rorex, the Boulder, Colorado County clerk who had issued a marriage license to two gay men in March 1975 to stop issuing licenses to same-sex couples who apply for them. I did not know that, but I didn't realize that. It's weird how, like, it's not too long ago, you know, it's not that far off. Yeah, absolutely. And I didn't realize that again, in 1975, much like, you know, the early 2000s, like people were just issuing same-sex marriage licenses without thinking anything of it and then getting stopped from doing it, right? So, like, it's just like this cyclical history Mm -hmm. that's happening again and again, and we're seeing it again, right? Being being messy all over, all over. It's the phrase, if you don't learn from history, you're doomed to repeat it. I mean... Here we are. Here we are. I mean, what 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 is the other saying that like do something once and it's crazy, do it multiple times, it's a form of insanity. I don't know. Yeah. I'm I I messed that up. <laughs> you know, it is. That's the phrase we're going with. That's the wording we're going with today. That's it, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds right to me. From, from the great philosopher Munoz. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Jade, 
Um, listen, the politics is crazy, but we are here to celebrate you. And in your mouth, listeners, if you didn't know, you are about to. Jade Ross, lovingly referred to as the Madame of Meals, has been serving up looks and dishes at the Alley Forney Center for five and a half delicious years. When they aren't nourishing the masses, they are stirring up a healthy pot of love and laughter over on their podcast, Black Femme Kitchen, where you can catch Jade and their co-hosts talking about life, community events, favorite dishes, and everything in between. Yet your girl Munoz hasn't been a guest yet, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Jade is a self-taught cook who got her start in the kitchen with her mama, sifting flour for homemade biscuits and cake. Jade believes in creating food and a place in the kitchen for their community to get fed across the board. Welcome, my love. Welcome. And first and foremost, thank you ever so much for giving me of your time today. Time out of your busy schedule, feeding the children, okay? Because that is a busy life. I could only imagine. So I'm really appreciative that you are here today. Thank right, you. but I always like to start at the very beginning, a la Julie Andrews, and talk about the love of food and where that comes from. Okay, let's see the beginning. So, like you so beautifully stated in uh, my bio, I grew up in the kitchen with my great-grandmother, who's like my mama. Um, I was always around food. She was a self-taught cook, so my great-grandmother came from those large families that had like farm kids. So they had a farm. So she was one of like 20 something children. Um, so she was self-taught cook. She taught, she cooked at major colleges throughout New York city. And I grew up just always having something homemade and fresh. So, and I wanted to be that kid that was up under her all the time. So I was always in the kitchen. And one day she was like, well, since you in here, you're going to learn something. Um, so it was literally me with the old school sifter the metal sifter with that handle cranking flour and making cakes. And I just was in love. Like you couldn't pull me out of the kitchen. Like I'd rather be in a kitchen with my hands in wet dough um, or chopping up something versus being outside running and being sweaty. <laughs> what do you think that, what do you think the draw was to the kitchen? Um, just the, the beauty of it and the community of it. My, my great grandmother always had friends in the kitchen. So like literally that's the part of like my podcast and why I do this work. And I love cooking. The kitchen was such a healing place. It was the safest space growing up in my house. So uh, being in the kitchen and then food itself, I love food and I love flavors from a really young age. Um, Like there was a point in time where I wouldn't eat meat uh, when I was younger. I don't know what it was. Uh, And my grandmother figured out I loved applesauce. And then growing up, I realized, oh, culturally, people do eat things like chuletas and things with the side of applesauce. So I was like, oh, this is a thing, right? I just thought it was something my grandmother made up. Uh, so yeah, being in the kitchen just amazed me. Like what you can, these ingredients, you have them on the table and you put them together and they turn into something completely new was um, like mind blowing to me. So that was my start. It was just like, what can we create today? What's something new we can make? Like I remember Yeah, getting, where did you grow up? I grew up upstate New York. So I grew up, uh, I'm born and raised in Poughkeepsie, New York. 
And then I moved to New Jersey. So I became a Jersey girl for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I I like to tell people I'm a tri-state area girl. Born in upstate New York, lived in Jersey, finished out uh, my early years in in the state of PA. And then I traveled. Like I've lived in Texas. But yeah, I grew up upstate and then uh, upstate New York and in New Jersey. Lovely. Talk to me about the sense of community in the kitchen growing up and and what that was like. Sure. So growing up in... uh, Every morning when I would get up for school or just get up in general, my great-grandmother and her two best friends were like my version of the Golden Girls. They were missing one, but they they would have coffee every morning and a pastry or some dish. And they would like give the whole gossip, the, the weekly gossip of what's happening in the neighborhood and with who. So I knew every morning that I would wake up, I could just follow the scent of fresh brewed coffee into our kitchen at this little round table and her and her best friends talking. And uh, my great-grandmother was also the neighborhood doula, the neighborhood midwife. So people would come over and she always was giving someone a plate of food. She never turned anyone away. So our kitchen was literally where people came for advice, where they literally came to eat, where they came to just be and know that they can get love, not just through the food that she made, but through a hug or a conversation. That was very influential to me growing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're always talking about um, that food, food is the center of so many life events and so many, so many things, you know, you can always remember the meal where you got engaged or the meal that you had when you broke up with terrible so-and-so or Mm -hmm. the, the ice cream that you vomited on your friend on the Ferris wheel or, you know, exactly. <laughs> like there's always a, an attachment and a memory and like, even down to, even down to the grilled cheese sandwich and uh, bringing it full circle and talking about like, Oh, dill pickle and those like food sense uh-huh. taste memories and, and whatnot, you know? And um, there's even full on, I remember, going to a weekend or a week like food writers seminar a long time ago. And this woman from NPR was doing the speaking and, um, and she was talking about how they present recipes and dishes Mm -hmm. via the radio on NPR. And it's like, this isn't a visual thing. This all has to do with sounds. And so like, they need to hear the steak sizzling or they need to hear the crunch of something. And because it's this sense memory, it it brings people to this place, right? Because they can't, it's not a visual and it's not an olfactory. It's this whole thing, right? So it's just like, it's really interesting that yes, food is the great equalizer, but also that I don't necessarily know one other thing that can bring up so many different types of memories in different ways. Listen, I was just talking to someone and it made me think when you were talking about the dill pickle, I was just talking to someone about like, I remember going to our local candy store and we had this candy store and I was like, do you remember the jar that they would have of the fresh pickles, the kosher pickles? And I said, that first crunch was everything to me. And I was like, I was four or five and I would have an attitude, like a full out tantrum if that crunch didn't do the, (laughs) if it didn't make that noise for me, I would be in there and I would, I want another pickle because that one's bad. And just that sound, like when I bite into a pickle now, 
I'm like, oh, take me back to being four or five and going to the store and getting that pickle. It's just nostalgia. Like, so when you're talking, I'm just thinking about the sounds and the smells and just like, oh, yeah. It's so funny that we have pickle memories because you just triggered one for me. <laughs> Weird. There, growing up in Sunset Park, Brooklyn, there used to be this bodega that my father used to hang out with. There was like all the men used to kind of hang out there. Um, that's another story for another time. But I remember when some pickle company started putting pickles in a bag mm-hmm. and selling them at the bodega. Like they started just market, marketing individual pickles. And I was obsessed. I was obsessed with getting the pickle in the bag and drinking the, the brine. Yes. Right. And having that crunch. You literally just triggered a full Listen. memory. So what was the stepping stone from Mama's Kitchen into food as a career? Wow. So it was it was a it was a while because you couldn't tell me that I would have been cooking as a career. So it started off as a hustle, honestly. I was in college yeah. and my mom happened to go, we were the real life parkers. I was in college. My mom decided she wanted to go back to school at the same time. And we noticed there was a need. So I went to school upstate New York at SUNY Sullivan, which mm-hmm. is a community college, but 70% of our student body is from the city. So we had a campus um, and we had housing. And we noticed that a lot of my friends, a lot of people weren't going home and they would max out on their uh, food cards for the kitchen on campus. So my mom was like, oh, you want to sell dinners? And, you know, we cooked dinners here and there. And we drew up a flyer and people liked what we served. So we used to do fish fry Fridays and we would sell like plates and I was like, you know, I'm decent in the kitchen. I, my mom always wanted the restaurant, the, the food career. And I was like, oh, this is a little side hustle. Mind you, I was already working. But I was like, a little extra money doesn't hurt anybody. And if people were like, no, you're really good at this. So I was like, okay. Kept it as a side hustle. And then I moved to grand old New York City. And I was like, what am I going to do out here? I, you know, I'm young and I'm all over the place. And then many, many moons later, living in New York City, I got involved with the Audre Lorde Project and they were hosting Bed-Stuy Pride and they were looking for vendors. And I was like, well, I cook, you know, and they took a chance on me and I cooked and they really took a chance on me because I didn't have my food handler's license. So I was mm-hmm. cooking for our co- our cohort. I was like, I'm cooking for the people. No one has to pay me. Donations are welcome. And then it just evolved from there. And then one fateful Pride season or, yeah, the beginning of Pride Month in New York City, Jess came to an event, saw this beautiful array of food that I made, looked for me. And I was like, I'm not working. I'm doing this other work that I'm really passionate about. Not happening. Uh, So happens a year passed. He didn't find anyone for the position. We literally ran into each other at Queen's Pride. We had mutuals that were like, y'all don't know each other because he was managing the kitchen at the Alley Forty Center and I was just, everyone knew I cooked and we connected and he was like, I've been looking for you. And I was like, oh, you're the person that my friends were telling me about. I went in and the rest is history. 
The rest is history. I love that. I love that. And I love that it's all centered around community. Again, full circle. I love finding these through lines um, naturally, Mm -hmm. right? It's, It's one of the joys of doing what I do on this podcast in the sense of like, we don't know each other in your mouth listeners, right? Uh, Jess Tell, actually, he connected us, right? Mm-hmm. Because he was like, uh, you know what? Jean Day would be a lot better on this than I would, right? Shout out to you, Jess. Um, and so we connected. And for those of you new around here, I don't talk to my guests very much before we hit the record button because I love, I love the the conversation being oh so candid and these like natural through lines like happening. It's it's really beautiful and super exciting. And it's like, yeah, right. It's, it's your love of the sense of community in the kitchen coming full circle again to the community in the kitchen. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And paying it forward at the same time. Um, You know, I always, before we cut out to the break, I always say our stories are important because we never know who's listening and you do so much good work here. I'm curious about what your coming out story was like. Would you mind sharing that with us? Sure, sure. So it's very interesting. I always say I don't really have a coming out story. I feel like my family just always knew there was something a little unique about me. Um, But I was 17 and... I was living in an alter, like a group home, alternative residential facility. And I called my mom up because I was about to go back home, look with her. And I said, hey, so I think I like girls. <laughs> and my mom said, I think it's a phase. And I said, no, I've always had an attraction to the same sex, you know, and I did what I think a lot of people do. I was like, I think I'm bisexual. Mom, she was like, okay, no problem. So that happened. And then I went from coming out to my mom at 17 to my 21st birthday. And I was dating this older woman and she was very much like, I'm gay. I'm I'm out loud and proud. And I was so nervous about telling my dad. And I waited to after my 21st birthday and after I moved to New York City. I was like, well, if I'm away, he can't really, you know, and I uh, smoked so much that day. And I called him and I was like, hey, uh, so I have something to tell you. And he already knew. He was like, it's about your little friend that was at your birthday party. And I was like, yeah. Um, because she decided to come in, in a rainbow tie. I had an all white party for my 21st. And I was like, dad. And he was like, listen, I don't care who you love. As long as they treat you well and they do right by you, that was it. And that was the end of it, I, you know, I've as I've grown into myself, I've come out as non-binary and I've come out as um, pansexual, but I never really had like this big thing. It was just kind of like I told my parents and everyone around me, my family was just kind of, I was just kind of like, this is who I'm with. You either get with it or you don't. But everyone has been very, my, I'm lucky that my family for, has been very accepting. I do have yeah. family members that are super religious. And they know they keep that their opinions to themselves or I just don't engage with them. But yeah, so my coming out story has been very much like, surprise, I'm colorful. This is me. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we don't we don't qualify stories here because everybody's story is different and everybody's exactly. experience is different. So what I would call what I would think is like good or bad, you may not think that about your right. own story. So uh we don't we don't do that here. Your story is your story and it is what it is. And I just find it interesting, and we're gonna talk more about this after the break, is that you come in contact with all the stories, mm-hmm. every last one of them. Mm-hmm. So your story, your story being what it is and being able to share that, right, as as a juxtaposition to so many different stories that you are presented right. with um, can be beautiful, can be beautiful. What is What is the key, right, because you're so grounded, what is the key, right, to you being so grounded in who you are? Honestly, it goes back to community. I wouldn't be as grounded as I am without the people in my life that actively see me and choose me, that I actively see and choose on a daily basis. They push me and encourage me to choose me in full authenticity. That, that right there. We're going to leave it right there. Did you hear that in your mouth, listeners? People that see you, and choose you. Those are the people that you need in your life. Right? And, and hopefully people that take it to nice places for dinner, too. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, listen. Watching Sade sip on this pink Moscato has got me jonesing for some myself. So I think now is a great time for Sade and I to take a little break. Me to find something pink in this uh, 120 square feet of mine. And we'll be right back with my favorite part and the audience's favorite part of the podcast. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. All right, Jade, I hope you're ready for my favorite part and the audience's favorite part of the podcast. A little something we like to call Food News Updates. Food News. Food News. Honey, you ain't ready, girl. Spill the tea. News Updates. Kourtney Kardashian put food on the bathroom floor and the internet is losing it. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's so disgusting. Was your floor clean? Wait a minute. Well, yeah, they they probably have like six maids, like on the daily. Like someone, like they those people have so much money. I'm sure. Like, I I wouldn't be surprised if there's somebody that comes in to like wipe their mm-hmm. booty holes. You mm-hmm. know what mm-hmm. I mean? <laughs> but I mean, they got the money, so let them spend the money the way they want to spend the money. I'm not I'm not trying to be in their pockets like that, but. So apparently, Ms. Courtney, and I don't follow these people, but I do follow that one girl with the account that, uh, have you seen her? I forget. I wish I had her account up so I could tell, because I I never have watched. I maybe have seen like a quarter of an episode of the Kardashians. But this woman on Instagram does like 
does impressions of all of them in these different scenes, and it's the most hysterical (laughs) thing. But moving on, um, uh, so apparently, like, last week or something, Kourtney Kardashian was posted a series of seemingly casual pics um, as a photo dump. There she is washing her face. There she is enjoying a warm bath. And then the other pic is she turned the bathroom floor into, like, a buffet. There were... I think there there are chicken fingers on the floor. There are strawberries on the floor. It looks like some sort of like fruit. There's some champagne. There's containers. They're just on plates. Okay. There's there's a sandwich on a plate on the toilet. No, no, absolutely not. (laughs) I was okay with the floor and the plate because I'm like, okay, maybe. Her daughter wanted to have a tea party or something, right? And it was like, mom, here. But on the toilet is where I jumped. No, 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 no. Like, okay. Full transparency. <laughs> I will drink my coffee in the morning sometimes mm-hmm. in the bathroom if I need to go. Okay, that's different, though. I feel like a co- I think many people do that, right? Okay, because, I mean, I feel like it's cyclical. It goes in one way, comes out the other. It's coffee. I mean, I'm not going to sit up here and act like I have not had some, ate something when I ran to the bathroom. I absolutely have. I actually have had a bite of, like, a beef patty or something and shoved it in my mouth and ran to the bathroom because I'm going to eat. But to to consciously sit a whole spread. buffet? Yeah. No, ma'am. No. No. <laughs> I don't want that. No, that doesn't seem like the life of luxury. Not a Kardashian. You know? Not a Kardashian. Also, this bathroom looks really small. Like it's not what I it's not what I pictured as a Kardashian bathroom. You know what I mean? Like this bathroom looks smaller than my bathroom in my 120 square foot apartment. Oh no. Um like this and I have a big bathroom for living in 120 square feet. Um, but yeah, there's like two bottles of champagne. It's like a burger or a sandwich on the toilet. There's some fruit. I can see some chicken fingers, something that looks like either a biscuit or pancakes, more fruit, um, something that looks like a pavlova or something. There's, a for me. I don't there's like, like it looks like macarons. <laughs> Like, why are you eating nice bread? But I, I think my thinking is, you know, the, what are they? The, when you do like the floating breakfasts at those fancy like resorts and they put it in the little basket, you didn't have that? Yeah, you didn't have like, or I mean, okay, maybe if you were having like a sexy moment in the bathtub and you brought like a little side table or your like little like, bathroom stool and put like some like strawberries on it like i think that's acceptable that's fine but But get the damn sandwich off the toilet (laughs) (laughs) when was that toilet last cleaned listen maybe like 30 minutes before the photo was taken i mean perhaps i mean they have all the staff i i would imagine and all the money (laughs) i don't think we're here for this we're not it's a chop it's a chop it's a full chop Captain Crunch's 60th birthday brunch is one of the hottest tickets at Coachella. <laughs> Happy birthday, Captain. 
Is this very Coachella or is this like anti-Coachella? I think it's Coachella because Coachella is all about in your face, taking something and making it what the people want it to be. And I promise you, someone's going to have an outfit made out of cabin crunch boxes. I would not be surprised. Oh, yeah, because it's it's Coachella Tri is like new age hippy dippy, you know? They're it's, the new, they're the new um, club flower kids. Flower top. Yeah, kind kids. of. Club kids, maybe. Does it get that far? Sometimes. Does it get, does it mean, get Lee Bowery? I've never been to Coachella because, you know, the working girl doesn't have a Coachella ticket money. But if y'all want to sponsor us. Hello, the two, the two of us. Listen, in your mouth. We will post all the things. We will record all the things. Do food reviews, Coachella, if you're listening. Honey, I will pack a microphone. Okay. Um, I think it's Coach. I think it's the new age folks trying to bring make it Coachella because someone's gonna freak an outfit. Someone's gonna do something. Someone's gonna get a Captain hat and you know a little bejeweled. Captain Crunch box and make it a purse. Yeah, or like, oh, you know what would be cute? A Crunchberry purse. Oh, yes. Remember Crunchberries? Yes. Now, when's the last time you had cereal? In years. I haven't had cereal. I haven't. I am not a sweet breakfast person as is. And then like sugary breakfast cereals. I couldn't tell you when the last time I had like a Fruity Pebbles, a Captain Crunch, anything. I have not had cereal in itself in years. And I, you know, my fun for breakfast is a good French omelet. Mm. I was obsessed for a good long time with watching videos of Jacques Pimpin make French omelets. And I would do it along with him. Right? Like that that vigorously stirring to get it. And then like the gentle folding. You could, listen... I have deliciously been spoiled, right? And again, shout out to Jess because he's a man after my stomach and my heart has spoiled me. I go in and I'm like, he's like, did you eat? No, I did not. And I'm like, I want an omelet. And this man deliciously browns the butter in the in the, oh. in the skillet and makes me my French omelet and adds a little bit of arugula and the balsamic glaze. And I am like... So when are we getting married? Because you feed me. Yeah. So spoiled. Oh, no, wait. <laughs> but back to Cap and Crunch. Well, I mean, Cap and Crunch is 60 years old. Oh, my goodness. So um, what's happening here? Do we really care? Right? Um, he's turning 60 this year and has plans to celebrate the milestone with all the hip kids attending the first weekend of this year's Coachella Valley Music and Arts Festival, which is this coming weekend. Oh, my goodness. The pool at Margaritaville Resort Palm Springs will serve as the venue for the festivities and will be transformed into Cap'n's Cove. The party will be hosted by actress and singer Renee Rapp. Who the hell is that? And feature an all-vinyl DJ set from DJ Pee-wee. Oh, look at that. Look at that. You know, the event is free. However, you'll have to snag one of the limited number of tickets to attend. Those tickets are up for grabs starting April 5th. Well, they're probably all gone now. Lord. Mm. I don't know. If, if if anybody wants to send us some Cap'n Crunch 60th birthday swag, too, I'll take a cute t-shirt. Please. You know? 
Listen. It, it seems like we're here for the captain. I, we, say, I think we're here. We're here for the cap-in, right? Because that Crunchberry really, really... Listen, I'm just saying I feel like I need someone in New York City to throw a ball, like a cat, like a, a, cere- a cereal the crunch, ball. The cereal ball. And you have to bring it in the name of Captain Crunch. Michael, we have our Crunchberry bags. It's a wrap. Oh, my goodness. It's a wrap. I've never been to an actual ball. Okay, you know what? You and I have to connect definitely... I need to go. I've been, you know what? Uh, before we before we move on to the last food news update topic, um, I met Grandfather Extravaganza and uh-huh. Egypt Labeja, right? Uh, may may he rest in peace. Egypt is still alive and well. Um, that's my mother. At the, at the monster. Is my, that's ridiculous. I love her. I met Egypt years ago at... Uh, years ago. I met I met them at the at the monster. They told me who they were, and uh, in your mouth, listeners, if you don't know who these people are, go back, watch Paris is Burning, watch like do a little bit of your gay history homework, honey, because these are icons and legends, and they are the moment. And I met them both. They told me who they were, and I was like, "No, you're not." And they were like, "Yeah, we are." <laughs> and they were so beautiful and so kind, and they kept inviting me to the balls, and I did not feel ready or worthy uh, i was like this this isn't this isn't for me you know like this is meaning like meaning like i'm not i'm not worthy of this space you know and i never went and it's i don't have very m- many regrets in life but it is one one regret that i while grandfather extravaganza was alive did not go with him to a ball well you know i like to call myself the very queer mother uh I'm taking you with me. So every year they do in New York City. So for all your In Your Mouth listeners, if you are in the area, they do uh, GMHC, Gay Men's Health Crisis, throws this beautiful latex ball every year, like towards the end of the summer, midsummer, towards the end. And I'm taking a bunch of my friends who've never been. And I would love, I would be honored to go with you. Or to oh have my you God. I would, I would die. I would die and you would see like I'd be like it's a little intimidating. It's a little just intimidating. It is. It's a mm-hmm. lot and but again bringing it back to community to be in this beautiful space that was you know for us by us is such a healing and like transformative experience that you have to have. It's like I trying you know a new dish for the first time and it just like opens up worlds for you. That's what a yeah. ball is. Oh my God, I'm so excited and we got to get to it. And last but not least here, two men face three years in prison for a sushi terrorism prank. Wait. What is happening? What is this? I didn't even, I didn't even know sushi terrorism was, was a thing. thing. Yeah. So uh, Japanese restaurants have had enough with so-called sushi terrorism. Um, the Osaka Prefectural Police announced the arrests of Ryu Shimazu and Toshihide Oka, two men who posted their recent antics to social media. The video shows them eating pickled ginger from a communal container with personal chopsticks at a local Yoshinoya. The Associated Press reported the men openly confessed their crimes, stating that they wanted to make people laugh as they joined in on the hashtag um, 
sushi terror. So it took me a minute to understand this. So these uh, Japanese restaurants in Japan, obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, the conveyor belt sushi. Mm -hmm. It's a big thing. So apparently um, it's also a big thing um, to post on Instagram, uh, putting like a crazy amount of wasabi, like taking something off the conveyor belt, putting crazy amount of wasabi and then placing it back on the conveyor belt for somebody else to take or like licking something and then putting it back on the conveyor belt or like these men did use their chopsticks to take pickled ginger like personally from so and and therefore it's called sushi terrorism wow and and these restaurants that were supposed to that are supposed to provide this really fun experience and that are really all the rage and still are even when i was in thailand i saw a couple of them and they were we couldn't get in you just can't get in um mm-hmm. to these conveyor belt sushi places and they're delicious i hear um they were like enough is enough this is supposed to be this fun experience and like this safe space where you're supposed to have this delicious food and now because of people and TikTok and Instagram want to do like crazy stupid things. You know? But people are going to jail. I mean, I'm not mad at them for getting arrested. I'm not. Because you're playing with people's livelihood, you know? What if someone's allergic? You know? Also, what if you're like it's a health violation. I'm just thinking about all the health code violations. And you're putting these restaurants and their customers in danger because if someone gets sick at this restaurant and you didn't get caught, they go and call a health inspector. Guess what? This person, this restaurant could be in, like you're playing with people's livelihoods. Yeah, no. Yeah. So the duo could face up to three years in prison and a fine up to $3,800 for obstructing business and up to three years in prison and a fine up to $2,280 for property destruction. Oh. That's a big, that's, no ma'am, that's a big risk just for some likes and views. Exactly. Nope. (laughs) Not at all. I'd rather stick to my wigs, nails, and my eggs on my Instagram. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. We are not here for this. And y'all, stop doing things just for the likes. And I think that's the best way to end food news update. (laughs) That's crazy. That's ridiculous. I wait, you gotta spend three years in a in a Japanese prison and up to six thousand dollars in five. No, thank you. No, thank you. Shut my viral. You did all shut my Instagram down. Shut my Instagram down. I don't need it. I don't want it. I don't want it. (laughs) I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's ridiculous. That's the first time I'm hearing about that, and that's disturbing. Yes, yes. It's crazy. Um, Also, thank you to Food & Wine and Delish.com for always providing me and keeping me up to date on my food news, although you're still not a sponsor over five years later. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Talk to me about Ali Forney. Tell the kids out there what they do. I am a big supporter of the Ali Forney Center. I love to donate. Um, I was blessed um, with being part of the um, the We Are Family initiative. Wait, I was invited you were there? To, I was there, and I was part of that video, I honey. I was there. 
we just we didn't cross paths. I was there. I was supposed to be part of the video, but I'm very camera shy. <laughs> So. Uh, I love Jace. Shout out to Jace. Uh, oh my to- God, Jace, my love. Love her. Oh, Jace is everything. So, um, the Alley 40 Center is a, uh, I don't know, it's so many things to me. So, what we do at the Alley 40 Center, we provide multiple services, but our main thing is providing safe, supportive housing for LGBTQ young folks between the ages of 16 and 24. So if you are between, if you are, or if you know a young person who is part of the community and is experiencing street homelessness or unstable housing situations, AFC is for them. Um, we are here to support them. So where I work at, I work at our drop-in center. So that is like our first, like a young person's first stop. If they're fresh into the city or they just uh, just became unstably housed or they've been for a while, they come to our drop-in center where they get triage services. So they will receive a health counselor, a therapist. They will get assigned. They have an entire care team, essentially, that will help them with their goals, that they identify their top three goals. When they come to the drop-in center, they're provided a meal. So my department, the culinary department, uh, shout out to us. We're a small but mighty team. Uh, We serve four meals a day. So we do a self-serve breakfast, a hot lunch, a hot dinner, and a hot overnight supper program. So if you are a young person in our in our program, you have up to four meals a day, you know, and while you're facing homelessness or being unstably housed, one thing that we try to do is to take off a lot on your plate. <laughs> um, so you don't yeah. want to, like, if you're worried about where you're going to sleep, you shouldn't have to worry about when you're, where's your next meal coming from, right? So that's what we tend to do at the Alley 40 Center. So we help people get into safe and supportive housing, whether it's shared housing or their their first apartment. And our, like I said, our culinary department, we offer meals, but we also do an internship program for 12 weeks. So folks can learn about hospitality, meal planning and prep. And then they can also, if they choose to pursue a career in hospitality or, cul- or culinary, we help them get their New York State food handlers license. So... That's incredible. A little, of, a little bit of everything happens. Yeah. And you, A, oh my God, thank you for doing the work. And B, it's the things, the people and the kids that you must see. And the st- like I said, the stories you must hear on a day-to-day basis. The work is important. And I have said multiple times on here that the, that the largest, there is a high percentage of homeless youth here in America. And the large percent of that percentage of homeless youth are LGBTQ. Yes. Right? It's some, And the numbers are crazy. So this is something, especially in a city here like New York, which is very important. And and we need the resource. And I mean, the fact that you're, you cook for them and think about like what a meal means and to not have to worry, to know that like, fine, you know, I'm in this situation and it's really shitty, but at least I can go get good food. Good food. Yeah. And it's 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 just amazing how much I've noticed in the five and a half years I've been there, how much food impacts and can change someone's whole outlook on a situation or a day. And I love yeah. to tell folks when they come in to tour the kitchen or just to figure out what we do in our culinary department, I say the kitchen has a few purposes. Obviously, the first one is to provide nourishment, right? But we're also 
we're not, everyone that works in the kitchen, we are not licensed therapists, but we are therapists, right? We, I've watched so many young people come in and they're shy, very to themselves, very timid, and a meal opens them up. They come up to that window to get a meal and you see their whole their whole aura changes, their whole world brightens up. Because for them, they might be like, thank you so much. This is the first meal they ate in like a few days, or this is the first time they can eat something that aligns with their dietary needs. Yeah. And that's the beauty of our kitchen. We, the Alifornia Center is a diverse um, agency um, across our the clients we serve, across the staff that works there. And we incorporate that in the meals that we serve. So if you come in today and you're like, I am gluten-free, I am vegan, and I am lactose allergic to nuts. Right. We can find we will find something for you, right? No one gets turned away. That's us. incredible. So it's uh, it's a it's a hard but beautiful experience. Yeah, I can't I, I can't even imagine. And um I I need to get down there just to like do a tour myself, you know? Just to do a tour and see how and when I can help out because it's something something I'm passionate about as well. And I just I love I love the whole messaging and it's it's a way to give back, you know? It's a way to give back. You know, it's because it's 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 so fulfilling and doing it five days a week for the past five and a half years has been the greatest gift. You know, I go in and people are and like, you do so much. And I'm like, I don't look at it as work. You know, the long hours, the coming in early, the staying late, the wiping tears, the, you know, back hurting from being on your feet all day. <laughs> Shout yeah. out to Crocs for making my feet feel a little bit better. Um, it's worth it to know that I can provide this for these young people, these amazing people. And hearing their stories, you not only see perseverance from these young people, but you're like the talent that's here. If only someone would just see them, you know, yeah. like fully see them. And yeah. that's the beauty of what I get to do. Not only do I get to nourish them, I get to see them and their full selves. And it's amazing. You have writers and poets and models and chefs and everything in between and beyond. Stunning. That's stunning. Oh my goodness. I'm like, I, I'm getting a little verklempt here. <laughs> In your mouth listeners, if you want to figure out uh, a way or do you want to learn more about the Alley Forney Center, please visit www.alleyforneycenter.org. You can donate there. Um, I'm sure there's a way that if you're uh, in New York or wherever they their outreach is, um, there's ways that I'm sure you can help volunteer or whatnot. All the information is at aliforneycenter.org. Um, I love them, and I love that Jade is here with me today. Before we close out, tell me about this podcast that that I haven't been on. Well, well <laughs> yes. Also, yes. I'm not I'm not black, and I'm only kind of femme. So, uh, Black Film Kitchen actually started at AOC. Um, so, me and my co-host, shout out to Soeli, we were both working at Alley Funny Center at the time. And like I said earlier, you know, the kitchen is a space for a community. And we were just chatting one day. And I was like, you know, it'd be really, I said, we are really funny. 
people should hear us. People should hear. That's us. the like, way these things usually happen. Yeah, the way it happened uh, for me. I was like, we're comical. And then we were like, yeah, yeah, we should start a podcast. And then COVID hit. And, you know. Great time to start a podcast. Yeah, so COVID hit. And we were just, like, figuring out life. And we were like, hey, so totally in our thumbs. What's going on with this podcast? And we decided to do it. And we've actually taken a break because a lot of life has been happening for the both of us. So, we're coming back, so if you don't follow us, please follow us. Um, we are re, we are shifting the way our part our podcast runs. But essentially, our podcast came out of like, hey, we're funny. We have a lot to say. We have really good conversations, and these these moments were like, oh, someone should hear this 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 conversation. Well, what's it about? Uh, what's it about in like one line? Oh, it's about. Two black non-binary femmes navigating life and love in the city and our adventures. I love that. I absolutely yeah. love that. So you get to get I, amazing. <laughs> you get good stories, laughs, and those aha moments where you're like, that resonated. I, I like what they said there. Amazing. Amazing. Well, I like what you've said this entire 50 minutes or however long that we've been talking. Jade, well, so give the kids all the handles. Give the kids, give it give the kids the Instagram, the TikTok, the the foot fetish only fans. <laughs> what whatever whatever you got, we need okay. it so that so, so we could follow. Yes. So on Instagram, you have Black Femme Kitchen. It is all together. We are on Instagram. We are also on Facebook. You can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And we will further pushing things out on Google and other... Anywhere you can stream a podcast, we will be. But you can definitely find us on Spotify or Anchor FM. Uh, let's see. If you want to follow me, I am Luna, L-U-N-A underscore Kissed on TikTok and on Instagram. And let's see. That's, oh. that's kissed, K-I-S-S-E-D? Yes. So Luna, L-U-N-A underscore kissed, K-I-S-S-E-D on TikTok and on Instagram. And yeah, those are my primary places that I'm at. I, I will say it. if you are a TikTok person, do not judge me. Um, I am a old, I am an old lady, so I don't post much. But my content is, you know, it's not how much you post, it's the... You know, yeah. it's quality. It's quality over quantity. Exactly. I'm the same way on TikTok. I'm not very <laughs> present, so yeah. But- no judgment there, babe. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Big things. Shoot me an email if you want to be on the on the podcast. We open it up for folks who just feel like they have something to say. We love chatting with community members. It is literally the people's podcast. Honestly, I love it. I love it. Well, you coming for my gig? we're gonna team up and take over honey oh my goodness big shout out to jade for coming on in your mouth today thank you so much i i have found my new obsession um and i can't i really can't thank you enough for giving me time out of your busy schedule and drinking a glass of pink moscato with me (laughs) yes honey icon I cannot wait. And I look forward to our social media handles. Like, look who got together and us at all the Pride events and 
me taking you to your first ball this summer. Um, uh, we will post and post and post because I'm coming. <laughs> I'm holding you to it. Yeah, I'm absolutely. holding you to it. Okay, now now I got to get some latex to wear. Lord, break it's out. It's the latex ball. It's the latex ball. I too. know you told me. Yeah, so, it's just, oh my God. My break God. out the baby powder and the lube, honey, just Listen, to get this latex okay. on. Ooh, that means I'm going to have to continue this diet into August. Actually, Jesus. no, you don't, because they do a theme every year. So we just wait for the theme to drop and we could build our outfits around that. Boom. Thank you. See, I don't know these things. <laughs> In your mouth, listeners, I guess the lesson of the day is to learn something new daily. You know, <laughs> venture out and learn something new daily. Please go follow Jade. It's um, all of her handles and things are listed in the liner notes. Other than that, uh, go out, get a little sunshine, eat delicious and healthy things. And as always, thank you for listening to In Yo Mouth.